0: going for boost well I think going for boost if you're a boost merchant like someone like AJ or someone you go for boost 100% of the time
1: yes always
0: every second of every game balls going in your net don't worry about it go get the boost and make sure you've got the full 100 to celebrate with the other team (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, never,
0: never, never. Yeah. yeah, never. Always, always play
1: Yes. Number one role of Rocket League. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Boost Over Ball podcast, where three aggressively average Rocket League players talk about everything RLCS with your hosts, Ace, Code Red, Jack, Kyle, Cube, and AJ Binky. So if you've ever wondered when the best time to go for Boost Over Ball is, you've come to the right place.
0: Hello and welcome to the Boost Over Ball podcast. To listeners new and old, hello and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Kyle KCube and today I'm joined by AJ Binky and Red as we interview DJ TJ, uh, the president and director of esports at the University of Georgia, the head of the Ghost Gaming Ambassador Program and RLCS caster, for Shmongolia in Sub-Saharan Africa. This is a conversation that you guys won't want to miss. We talk about how he got into esports, how he got into casting, his playing career, and more. Uh, so with, without further ado, we will jump right into our interview with DJ TJ. Oh, okay, I hear This time it is recording, and I made sure to put it on the hard drive that has enough space, so there we go. <laughs> Okay. But why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your background and how you got into esports and, you know, kind of Rocket League specifically.
1: Yeah, so so Rocket League basically has always been a fun game to me. I've always enjoyed playing with friends, and it's always been a casual thing for me. Um, and especially, I played on PC on like an all-in-one computer back like a few weeks after release date. And I have old screenshots on my Steam profile for it. It's the only reason I even remember it. Um, and then... I kind of let the game go after a little bit. I was young. I didn't really like it. It wasn't amazing. And, I mean, you know, everybody tries to remember Rocket League at launch. It was an iffy game at the time. It was definitely getting there, but it struggled originally. Um, And then kind of let it go. And then back in 2017 was when I started to pick it up again, but on console um, on my Xbox. So I got back into it a little bit there. And, again, it was mostly casual. And then I was playing three sports at the time which was football, basketball, baseball. My dad was my coach, so he was always instilling being competitive and wanting to win and wanting to learn and wanting to get better. So that was part of the reason why I found Rocky League so interesting in the first place, just because I always wanted to learn, and there's a million different things to learn and things that are still being learned to this day. Um, So that was kind of what got me into the game. And then what actually got me into it competitively, because I was probably like Diamond or plat in like twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. Um what got me into it competitively was that then I had a sports injury that took me out of sports for a few months, which that ended up becoming years, which at the time I didn't know. But um but in that time period, which well, has a whole other story we can get into it in a little bit. But um but that's a whole other story and in, in that gap of sports, I kind of had a, a need to be competitive, a need to be good at something, a need to want to learn, just something to put my my energy into, something fun, something that wasn't school, obviously. So that's how I got into Rocket League competitively. Um, and then I'll wait because I'm sure we're going to get into it. But yeah, that, that's a very small history. And I think I actually joined my high school program in twenty, like late 2018 or 2019.
0: Okay, that's it's. I always like hearing like the origin story for people, right? And I have always contended that you know a lot of the people who play Rocky League at a very high level or you know compete in it at all came from like traditional sports backgrounds. So you know, similar to you, I grew up playing sports. I played hockey and soccer, and I played through high school. And you know, but my my high school did not have an esports program, and so I didn't really start competing. Uh, hardcore with it until I got into college, and you know it. We go from there, right? It's a never ending, never ending cycle uh, from <laughs> that point. But mm-hmm. um, do you think your like traditional sports background has like helped you? Like it, it like being able to compete in esports has given you like a an, another outlet to compete.
1: Yeah, I I think it definitely gave me an edge in competition. I, I feel like being used to. Traditional sport, the one that I remember the most clearly because I played baseball the longest. So that's the one that I had the most clear memories of. Um, and I can remember a thousand times where in baseball, like getting hit by a pitch or like full count, bottom of the ninth. Like I played for so long that I think I kind of got used to stress and pressure, um, not in an unhealthy way, but in a way where it made me a better person and a better competitor. And, you know, in Rocky League, I mean, this game breeds close situations, especially now that I've been casting, you know, I kind of get to help build that suspense um, and it's a weird full circle moment for me. But um, but no, I mean, I I definitely think it gave me an edge, I think, as a as a leader, as a teammate and just in my own mental space. I think it was very helpful.
0: Okay, so you you play, you cast. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Is there anything else that you do uh, in, in the scene?
1: Yeah, do you want me to list, like, everything I do? <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, so, all right, so kicking it off at the very top. So I run everything at esports at UGA. I am the director. Um, there's no, like, faculty involved. So it's we're purely student-ran. So budgeting, scheduling, I mean, anything, anything and everything that, that people get paid salaries to do across the nation, I do here for free. Because it's just the way it is. So that takes up the most of my work. Um, but, I mean, it's been awesome. I manage a club of 2,000 students. We are one of the biggest clubs on campus, which on a campus of 30,000 is rough. But, um, but I mean, you know, 2,000 out of 30,000 is a good percentage for one club. So that's my main thing. Um, and then I work with Ghost Gaming as their lead ambassador. So I run, I help run the ambassador program, um, which is our initiative to help kind of bring up collegiate faces from across the Southeast and kind of... Get the next generation of talent in front of the spotlight. Um, so that's amazing. I coach for the Ghost Gaming Academy. Um, funny enough, I'm the only Rocky League coach in Ghost right now, because because we had Fakie originally, um, but Ghost doesn't have a Rocky League team, so he left. Um, right. So I'm the I'm the only Rocky League coach in Ghost, and I get paid. So technically, I'm a professional Rocky League coach. <laughs> but um, but that's that's one of my other big things. And then just going down the list from there. So I cast for the Southeastern Esports League, the Collegiate Conference Series, and then I do freelance for some other minor collegiate leagues like the um like I have a lot of friends in Peach Belt, a lot of friends in NACE. Um I've done some work with Esports U and uh, some of their events before and then obviously some minor lands around the Southeast that I've gotten to go to, um, which I just got back from one a week ago. So, so that's, that's been the most recent thing. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think about my other small, I do a lot of small things too. Like I'm the captain of the rocket league team at UGA. And so I, I do that. Um, and I'm technically the rocket league coordinator as well. I'm one of them. So funny enough, a lot of what I do ends up, Overflowing into each other. So it feels like one job, but it's really like four or five different things at once.
0: Yeah, I'd... sounds like you stay busy. For <laughs> sure. Just a little bit. I got a quick question for you here. So, being a, f- a former player, now coach, and also kind of in that same phase running the Rocket League program while being a player how is it uh working with your team uh since you are the director since you're kind of the captain you're the one that runs that team how's it still coming off being a player for that same team because i know i ran into struggles where i was wanting to be that captain be that kind of leading figure but also be you know one of the guys one of the one of the teammates uh being able to have that kind of chemistry with my team
1: yeah so When I first came in to take over esports at UGA, um, I came in as a freshman before I even took – like, before I even took um, my first class at UGA, I was running the program when I had gotten officially accepted. So when when I came in from that perspective, a lot of people treated me with respect, and it was kind of weird to get, like, friends, like, friendly – I think that makes sense – but the Rocket League players at UGA, that was what I originally wanted to do when I came here, which is I wanted to play Rocket League. Like I love UGA. I've always been a UGA fan. I just wanted to represent. Um, that was way before I even thought about applying to take that president slash director role. Um, so I had already kind of made friends with the Rocky League guys, and then I became the leader. So in in that sense, I've never really had too much of an issue with it. Um, there's obviously a few minor hiccups because a lot of executive decisions have to be made um, on my part for the team, for the club, and some of those go against each other because like example, like just as an example, like if we were gonna have Rocky League at an event we're running this year, but it wouldn't be the most sensible option. I have to do what's best for the club, so the team granted, Rocky League's been very popular in the southeast, so I haven't really had to do that. Um, but th- there's definitely a little bit of internal conflict. But, I mean, you know, I love my guys. We uh, re- we got to dinner a lot. Uh, we spend hours and hours in calls going over gameplay. And I, when I'm in a VC with my team, I'm a player first because that's where I came from. That's my origin. And I'm too competitive to be anything other than a player first. Um, so, I mean, you know, I- I'm normally so focused in as a player and I'm normally giving energy to my teams in a way that, it doesn't come off as me being like a like a dictator, just me being a captain. Um, if that makes sense. But yeah, yeah. I think I think that makes sense. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. So in and Southeastern
0: Esports League, is that the SEC's esports league or is it a little bit different?
1: So the SEC does not sponsor anything. Well um we are we are the most behind by miles. Um welcome to Southeastern Esports. It is severely underfunded. Um, like most collegiate sports, except we also then get looked down upon because that's just the way the Southeast is. Um, a lot of older people in power who aren't willing to change their morals and ideals, um, which there's no disrespect to anybody at the University of Georgia or in any of the other companies I work with. Um, but some people just don't see the vision. And you can sit here and I can present and say, hey, look, we, we affect this amount of people. We give you guys this value. People want to come here to be a part of what we're building, and people just aren't willing to budge. Um, so no, SEC does not sponsor anything. The SEL is that's just the Southeastern Esports League. That's where SEL comes from, and that's an independently ran thing um, that is ran by Gaming Oasis, which is a company based out of Huntsville, Alabama.
0: Okay, interesting. Because I I know like and I'm I live in the heart of Big Ten country so it's a little mm-hmm. bit different but they have like the Big Ten uh, Rocket League League and it's like kind of affiliated but also kind of not because it's yeah. all club programs uh, Michigan State just went varsity this is like this school year so like the beginning like last fall was the first year that they were a, var- a full varsity program
1: and their lab is incredible too I yep. saw that
0: yes it is um you know I I am fortunate enough that. Uh, the school that i coach at and help you know run their program you know is close to michigan state so i've gotten to see their their facility i've gotten to to talk to their director to kind of see and hear about their vision but like it's interesting because like i, I coach at a small private school right and so mm-hmm. like for the longest time that's the only way that you're going to be able to compete with the big schools in anything is in esports cuz it's certainly not going to be in conventional sports right cuz just cuz you don't have as big of a pull, right? So, like, why would you yeah. go to you know a small school when you could go to Georgia, right? Especially for something like football. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're if you're good enough to go, like, that's where you're going to go. Yeah. But you know, now that the these D one programs are starting to make it varsity, I think you're going to see a, a pretty big switch, and I think it's going to be pretty pretty drastic on like how quickly these schools start to adopt it once like one domino falls, especially in each like conference now. I'm I'm curious to think to to hear your thoughts on like the future of of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would and I'm very good friends with every SEC president and leader. We actually have a Discord that we made recently and everybody like for example, like I like to think I'm good friends with Auburn, Florida, Kentucky, and Alabama. But outside of that is where Things, or, and Tennessee, I should throw that in there. But then, you know, then the schools start getting further apart, and then it's h- kind of hard to keep in touch. So we just recently made a central hub for every SEC leader. Um, so we're working on trying to get something cooking. It's obviously a very long road, especially in the SEC, which you would think, with the SEC being so prideful about being like making all this money and being the leaders, you would think they'd want to hop in on it. But, you know, obviously here we are. So, I, I see the SEC joining, but the issue is that it's going to take a lot, and I think so far we've had a few schools who really lead the way. Um, obviously, with other major D1 schools getting a jump on us, it, it helps with that as well, because that's a point where I can go to someone and say, hey, look, this school, our rivals are getting ahead of us. Like, both Kentucky and Auburn have full labs, um, like million dollars worth of labs. Right. Um, And I I believe that Missouri just got one too. We are currently working on ours Um, where it's a, it's a very long road. We're probably one of the hardest schools to, to get this whole thing going Um, just because of how heavy Georgia is in at football that I even know people and friends who are in other athletics who are getting disregarded or not getting paid or not getting the opportunities that football gets. And that's other D1 athletics. So then you look at it and you think, where the hell does esports fall in that? Uh, it's pretty low. So it's we're fighting an uphill battle. It hasn't been all negative. Um, but I, I think that every school will come around, and I think that's what it takes specifically before the SEC hops in. I think it's going to take every school coming around and then putting the pressure on before the SEC does anything.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I can kind of agree, right? Like the bigger the institution, the harder it is to to turn the ship. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, personally, while it is currently male dominated, I feel like esports is a really good way to get around like a Title IX issue because it's it's a I'm gonna say genderless sport, right? Mm-hmm. There's nothing inherent, like there's nothing about being you know a guy that makes you better at it. So you don't have to consider that, and so like there you don't have to like make multiple teams. Right. And it's not like these high end computers that you're putting in a lab can't be used for classes or for like graphic design or something like that, if you so desired. So, like, I feel like it's a it's an upfront investment that can kind of help you in like many different assets or facets of uh, of a program. But, you know, like you said, I think it's going to it will be a slow process, but I think it will happen as more and more schools start to adopt, you know, a varsity program and, you know, commit some resources to it.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, this is a big part. I'm giving a TED Talk in a month about eSports, and that's one of my biggest portions of that, is that it's only a matter of time. Um, eSports is only getting better. Granted, there is a lot of tech industry issues right now, and eSports is kind of suffering, but the concept and the industry will not dissipate. There's too much buy-in. There's too much content. There's too much in-gaming that's being evolved. Especially Unreal Engine 5, that's something that we still haven't seen the full capacity of. And I can't even imagine what will happen once it starts getting used to its full potential. Um, but, I mean, you know, games are never going to go anywhere, so eSports won't go anywhere. And eventually people will have to adjust, or those people will fade out of their positions. And then the new generation will really make it the what it is. So, yeah, no, I mean, we'll see.
0: Okay. And then, you know, I'll transition a little bit away from the 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 collegiate discussion um, to talk about uh, talk some more about your casting experience. Um, how did you first uh, get involved in in casting Rocket League?
1: Yeah, so funny enough, um, I've always been involved in sports, and any time that people asked some random question about a sports team, I always seem to know it. Like I'd, I'd be I'd be watching games with my family, and they'd be like oh, that player's doing this or whatever. And and then I just, for some odd reason, was so, like, I, I forget the word to use, but I just was in love with sports and stats that I would just say, like, no, you know, the last five games he's actually shot blank percentage or whatever. And, you know, like, nobody just does that. So I've always had a love for sports, and I've always, um, like, going to games has been incredible experiences every time. And so the next logical thing for me was, I you know, I don't want to be a statistician. Because stats are cool and all, but math is lame. So I, I don't really want to get involved in all that. Um, and so, and I've always had a loud voice. I've always, I, I might have to give y'all some clips to to use, but I've always been an extremely loud player. Like baseball, football, basketball, esports, I have always been loud. Like I scream, I yell, I get hype. Um, and so because of that and my vocal range, my parents have always said, you know, like you'd be pretty good at casting if you tried it. And I just was kind of just like, eh. You know, I like being a player. Um, and then as I got into college and competing at a school with no scholarship money, which I knew what I was getting into because I turned down scholarship offers to to be a UGA. Um, I knew that I wasn't going to have, like, a, a CRL team because I turned that down. Um, but I – hold on. I'm getting back to my point. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, oh, my God. I'm losing it. We're talking about get, getting into casting. And I'm completely losing my my middle transition here. You're all good. Basically, um, basically getting into UGA. Okay, I'm back on it. <laughs> I knew that I wasn't going to be a player forever, and, and I still don't know how much longer I'm going to play. Um, and that's another topic conversation about the collegiate team here at UGA and all that. But um, but with that, that's when I started actually trying casting and picking up a few series here and there because I I made a lot of like high level connections. Because in high school, like I won two state championships in Rocket League and a national championship. And I met a lot of really amazing people through that. People who are now professionals or coaches or casters um, all at the RLCS level. So I've got a lot of resources to pull from, um, which has always been huge. And so I jumped into casting. My first casting gig ever was at LAN, um, back in my hometown. Uh, it was my spring semester of um is my spring early spring semester of my freshman year um basically a year ago probably a little less or more but um actually i'm no, sorry it's been nine months <laughs> so so a little less um and i casted that high school event and the parents and players both gave me so much positive feedback like told me that they loved it, that um that they actually understood the game, that it was better than because there's and I don't mean any hate to the Georgia High School Sports Association, but the casters that they picked out the last few years have been like monotone casters. So for a change of pace, people love that. Um and then from there, that kind of kickstarted things because now I had the confidence to actually go and and talk to some of my higher level friends and be like, hey, like what can I learn? What can I get involved in? And then from there, I got my first consistent gig, which was the Southeastern Esports League. And so last semester, I picked up some of the B-Stream games, which we don't have a B-Stream. I basically just pick up games as they are rescheduled to any day other than Wednesday, because that's the mainstream day. So started picking up some games, started touching into different fan bases from across Southeast. Same type of reaction. People said they loved it. Um, the, the players were big fans of it. Because, you know, if you're getting broadcasted, you want to have moments, you can go show people and be like, hey, uh, you know, I'm pretty good at the game and and this was epic. So I kind of helped bring that nature to that. And then from there, I then got moved to mainstream this year, which the moment that that happened, which was right before the semester started, so probably like December, November, um, that's when things kind of skyrocketed. So I got a lot more screen time. Started casting a lot more games. I got involved with the Collegiate Conference series. So that's now a whole other slew of fan bases up north that I'm reaching now. Both north and west. So now I've casted as far as California to to Virginia to Georgia. Like I basically casted across the nation at this point. And so I've reached so many different fan bases. I've got a lot of really amazing feedback. And so I've kept going with it. And then... I've been getting enough good feedback to where now other people have started reaching out to me to come talk about or to come cast their games or to cast a tournament. Um, I've organized my own tournaments as well. Um, I've personally ran both C and D tier Rocket League tournaments. Um, Some that, like the the deleted XD roster, for example, the the night that they became deleted XD, which was December 23rd of last year, um, they were playing in my tournament. And so that was another big platform I got to jump off of because there was a lot of attention there. And then more people saw my style and thought it was original and refreshing and just overall fun. And so then I got booked for my first actual full LAN, like a high-level LAN. Um, not to say that the high school one wasn't, but, you know, obviously it's got a little more weight to it. I mean, it's just different. So, exactly. Well, in collegiate level, you know, like high school level, you get a few kids who are like SSL. Collegiate level, you get... Almost everybody is GC3SSL. So, yeah, there's the discrepancy there. Um, So I went to Bluegrass Boost Battle, which was just two-ish weeks ago, and that was incredible. Um, I got to meet a lot of my Southeastern friends that I've had online because I've been casting their games. I got to meet a lot of them for the first time there. I got to carry my energy in person, probably blow out the eardrums of a few poor production managers, but, you know, it was worth it. It was a blast. And that went really well. Um, and then with that, I then got to turn around and then I met with the Shmongolia guys, um, Wordy and his team in South Africa. They really liked my style. And now that I'm starting to build a resume, I could actually go to them and say, Hey, look, I think, you know, it'd be great for both of us. And so then, then I got that gig, which is literally, literally happened like four or five hours ago. (laughs) And then in two weeks, I'm going to be in Myrtle beach, South Carolina, for another LAN. This will be my first B-tier event. Um, and it will be a LAN. So that's going to be a blast. That's being hosted by Syracuse and Shenandoah. And that's going to have like. Like we're talking Maryville. Like the the top of the top collegiate teams will be there. So that will be probably one of like probably my biggest event. Other than doing the RLCS stuff obviously. But it will be my biggest LAN for sure. My first B-tier event. So it will be good. I'm hoping I'll get a Liquipedia page after. I might have enough points. So, we'll see and and I hope there's still more to come. Uh, I'm still hoping that maybe there's a few other leagues and tournaments that I'll get invited out to cast. There's a chance this summer I may be invited places, but um, uh, you know, time will tell, but yeah, so it's been a very quick nine month casting journey, and I've kind of made it from i guess nothing to to r l c s of some kind so yeah it's it's been it's been a lot of fun It's been inspiring to see that a different career path is working out for me.
0: well, first and foremost on that one, congratulations that's Awesome! It's got to be super, <laughs> yeah, super, super exciting you. and super validating, uh, to to have that happen so quickly. But uh, before I ask my question, and you know, with AJ being here, um, Shmongolia has been has stayed undefeated in the uh, Sub-Saharan Africa Best Name. Um, <laughs> how was the experience casting for them, and uh, what was it like being part of uh, an RLCs? you know, broadcast, or I guess having your own RLCS broadcast.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, I'm glad you said that because getting to do that on my own stream was, was an incredible experience. Getting to kind of market that RLCS tag on my stream and like actually mean it, that's an incredible experience. And, you know, again, I know my future in this scene isn't as a player. And so getting to kind of still be a part of the top level, um, just in a different role, it's incredible. So that was awesome. Um, Wordy is such a funny dude, and, I mean, people have known him in SSA as a personality for a while. I mean, he's always open to doing interviews or talking, and just overall, like, he's always open to things. And obviously he made the World Championship last year, so that's, you know, I, I really couldn't have met anybody in in a better place than Wordy. Um, and then, of all the teammates he could have possibly teamed with this year, it's Guns and Snoozy, which Guns is on Schiff's, um Players to watch list like young players to watch list so he is incredible and snoozy is a very consistent like i think he's 16 or 15 um so you know like that team is so talented and has such a bright future and they're all funny um like i've only talked to wordy and i met the team for the first time um an hour before quals started and i go in there and everyone literally just started saying, like, "rah, like just like they're so funny. and and they're so they're such an easy team to root for. And they're so friendly, and I felt so welcome. And Wordy even went on Twitter after um they made Swiss again and shouted me out for streaming, which was awesome. I didn't ask for that at all. He just does it out of the kindness of his heart because that's who he is. So this roster's funny. They're kind. they're caring. Like they're just three really good guys who are really great faces, and I wish that SSA had more major spots because I I do think that if they started making the adjustments that they made in regional two, like if they figured that out a little earlier, I think they could be pushing for that second spot. Young Money Clan's a great team, but they also aren't from SSA, so I'm I'm a big SSA fan now that I've done all the research, so I've gotten to work with them, so I'm a big anti invader. And <laughs> but, um, but you know, they deserve it, I'm with and, you. and yeah, exactly, like it's just weird to see, and I hope r l c s does change it in the future, but um, but for the region, it's been good and bad, good because the teams who are on top get more attention, bad because if you're a mid tier team, you are now like barely making main event, if that even, but um, but I'm glad that of all the teams that that I got to talk with, it was them, I mean, you know they they actually technically still have a chance to make the major if things go crazy wrong on Swiss stage for limitless um so so we'll see but no I mean it's been such a blast it's been an honor really
0: that's awesome and it's interesting to me to hear you say and like because from like a player standpoint right like I feel like the the status quo in like conventional sports for a lot of people is like hold on as long as you can and Mm -hmm. so like to hear you say my future in the game is not as a player it's doing something else and for you to have like not only like come to terms with that, but to have like found your a couple something else's uh mm-hmm. in such a short amount of time is very commendable. So, you know, first that that's awesome to hear and I'm I'm happy to hear you say that. But secondly, I guess what like prompted you into that thinking? Like what made you kinda like start the start down that path?
1: Yeah, so in high school I probably had the one of the best possible careers I could have had. Um, I mean, winning multiple championships, both state and national um we were even highlighted as a top team in the nation and by u s a today so originally, I thought player was the route I thought that was what I was kind of like meant for, like what I was ready for um I had just hit my peak of like nineteen fifteen at the time, and I still felt like I had more room to grow um and so i originally that was the dream. And then, again, I, I had the really rough decision to make, which I guess this is where I originally came to terms with this without even knowing. So I got, like, again, like, I got offers to where if I took them, I would be in CRL right now, and not in the West. We're talking East. Um, like, varsity programs, smaller schools who are now in CRL who I could have gone with and played. And I, part of me still regrets that because the player in me hurts to not be in that spot like, you know, having those tags or whatever the heck. But, but again, I mean, it's the reason why I came here to UGA is that I wanted the space to, to prove myself. And I, my main thing is that I want to be remembered for, for not what I do. I want to be remembered for the impact that I make on others. And so as a player, that's just simply not the route. And, and when I was deciding to come to UGA, that was a big part of that. Um, was because I I always had a feeling that I had more to do for more than just me. And that goes back to my personal history, which, again, could go into for hours. Um, But it's it's that that pushed me to UGA and then pushed me to apply for the the director slash president spot. And then once I got that, that was the first time I actually had the first serious conversation with myself and said, like, do I really want to keep playing competitively? um and we had a really talented team at the time uh 3 SSLs and a GC3 and that's including me as an SSL um and we did fairly solid there was obviously kinks to work out i had played with the same high school teammates for 3 years so it was a transition but it was fun and i still call those guys my best friends even though i'm not playing with them anymore um so i was i was still thinking like hey like i can still play like there's still a route for me and we didn't do bad in CRL quals, um, not terrible at all. Definitely had room to to grow, and a few more series standing between us and then. But we definitely could have made a wonder run in an open or at the bottom of CRL. Um, and then as as time went on with that roster, um, because it was me and another freshman, because I was a freshman at the time, and then it was two sophomores. And then as we went through that year, um, it was. It was then that spring we finished out we we actually won our first land that spring um and it was a I think it was like a two hundred fifty dollar thing in Atlanta. It was kind of small, but it was still a big moment for us um and then we were really like feeling good going into the summer and but then you know my my two sophomore teammates become juniors, and then me and the fellow freshmen move off campus as we're becoming sophomores, and one of my teammates loses the ability to play Rocket League through, um, internet issues at their new place and their place wouldn't let them fix that. So he basically decided that he wanted to try life without Rocky league. Um, he was a ones main, which there's nothing wrong with that, but I mean, you know, y'all know how taxing that can be. Hey, they're a little, so, bit, they're a little bit weird. Yeah. Just a little bit, right? <laughs> so the, um, the moment that he kind of quit for a little bit, uh, like that first month in the semester, um, which actually would have been the beginning of last semester. The moment that he quit for the first time, he kind of just realized his life was better without it, which is respectable. And so then that happened. Um, so I still had me and my other two guys. And obviously we still played and we didn't do bad. But we did a little worse because like there was multiple weeks in a row where we were on like maybe 10 or 15. And that's not because we didn't want to play. It's because of life and how busy things got. Um, right. both, for, both for me and all the roles I was doing and plus school, and then also for all of them, plus school. And, like, for example, like one of my teammates is a, is a regional spike ball professional, which is just nuts. And then my other teammate was a valedictorian at his high school. So those are guys who are just extremely busy in things other than Rocky League, obviously. And so then after last semester, um, as in this past fall, uh, then I lost them. Which I still have one of them, but he's kind of on and off right now, so I don't really, like count on him for games every week. And then that was the first time that that I actually considered retiring. Um because I again I always knew the moment I came here that I wasn't going to be a player forever. Like maybe I go till I graduate and then call it a day. Um but but with with how miserable it became going from an SSL team to a maybe an average G C one team because we're pulling players up. Um we don't have a lot of depth so that's just kind of how it is. Again we're a non scholarship program, so we don't really have much of an option. Um so kind of going from that has been extremely demoralizing this semester for me and it's been it's been a lot of late nights like really thinking about it and plotting it out but um but also, I keep doing it f- Or oh, yeah yeah go for it go for it
0: Also by like just to clarify for everybody by not playing you're talking about not playing competitively right like you still like jump on the game and play but like just not trying like putting everything into competing
1: yeah, like if I was gonna, if I was gonna quote unquote retire, like I would, I would barely be playing Rocket League. Um, Fair. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, like definitely it, less than like ten or seven past two type of stuff. That was my next question. By ten or fifteen, you meant ten or fifteen past two. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. No problem. Um. Thanks. But yeah. So, and so that was that was hard for me because literally a year and a half ago. I was I was on the national stage, winning on my state championship stages, talking like it was it was an incredible experience, and it's such a quick fall, and as a competitor, it hurts so much. And I've talked about this a lot in my community and in the southeast and to my friends and on my streams, and we've had really good discussions about it. So I still plan on playing, and I still am. Um, granted, with NACE now deciding to start charging programs money for the open divisions. I don't think we'll be in NACE anymore, but we are still competing in the Southeast and in some other national tournaments and stuff like that. Um so that's it's been the first time that I actually considered uh like quitting for real and and I almost really thought about just dropping out, but um but there's too much on the line for us. Like we have a lot of lands on the line this semester because of what we did in the fall. Like we have a lot of like full year seasons we're in, not just semester based. Um but yeah, that's kind of that's how my teammates kind of That's how they kind of faded out. I think that was the original question.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, it's it's noble that you're you're finding other pursuits as well. Trying to I mean, for the most part, like stay in a scene, I feel like is really like the ultimate goal. And that's kind of where part partially where this podcast, you know, kind of grew from at first, Mm -hmm. you know, a joke about getting, you know, media passes to like to go to RLCS events. And, you know, we've been fortunate enough to do that. I'd love to be able to go to some more uh, collegiate LAN events. I've been as a coach. um, I've been to one as a player, but, you know, would love to to cover some. That would be fun. I think Mm -hmm.
1: that... Yeah, I still need to get some of those, too.
0: Yeah. I think CRL, like, as a blanket, right, not like the CRL League, but, like, Mm -hmm. Collegiate Rocket League is such a fun space. I think it really gives the the students a, a big opportunity yourself included like a platform to express yourself as a human being and as an individual i think some of the personalities that you see in the collegiate level is better than that in the pros right and you know i'm sure that there's media training and all kinds of stuff that goes into the pro stuff and that's you know part part of the reason but like we were talking about before the recording uh red and i were talking about the EXO interview um you know, on, on the mainstream, right? Like that's the yeah. kind of personality that people want to see. And that's the kind of personality that you're able to bring to your streams and to bring to your, your casting, because you've been a player, you've been in those situations. And so it's just another dimension that you can kind of bring.
1: Yeah. Funny enough that you mentioned that interview. I definitely want to be memorable, but I definitely don't want to be memorable in that way. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was a crazy call out from him, which I think was hilarious, but uh, I can't imagine what RLCS production was doing in that moment. Yeah, I I'm a, I was a little
0: bit surprised that they let it go through.
1: I uh, I mean, that's probably the most admirable thing you could have done. I don't think you can mute him, but it that was funny. That was I feel bad for Stumpy, but I don't know. He's had a lot of NA NA uh haters recently, so maybe karma just comes around. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. We'll have to we'll have to see about that one. But mm-hmm. uh Oh man, I totally lost my train of thought there for a second.
1: <laughs> I'm passing it on. It's just it's a day. I get on tangents. That's so that's partly my bad. <laughs> hey,
0: that makes it makes it easier for us, right? Because you can continue to you can t- continue to make the conversation happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll have to uh, we'll have to stay tuned uh, for your Swiss. And you know, at the end, we'll we'll talk about where where everybody can find you, where all your links are, and things like that. But um, moving forward for you, actually, mm-hmm. you know what? Before before we go for that. Um let's touch on the last thing that I think is is cool and I think we'll, a lot of people will find interesting is uh helping out with the ambassador program at Ghost Gaming. How did you yeah. f- how did you first get involved with Ghost Gaming and how has your role transitioned with them into where you're at now?
1: Yeah, so um so Ghost is an Atlanta-based esports company. They're the only thing that we have um like esports-wise in terms of pro teams. Uh the next closest would be Texas. That be optic and and all that. So um, so they're kind of all we have. And so originally, as players, um, me and my two teammates, the moment that we won and kind of went on our our run and was recognized nationally, we had um our friends and coaches and higher levels were like, hey, you gotta meet this the CEO of Ghost. Like you've gotta meet this guy, um, and you guys have gotta talk and just like you know just talk esports. So I met Todd Harris. Um, at CECC in 2022, when it was um, in Atlanta. Um, which, funny enough, uh-huh. I also met um, Buddy and some of the um, the Northwood guys there, too. So that was my first time meeting, basically, a lot of my high-level friends, funny enough. Um, but yeah, so I met him. And obviously, it was a pretty incredible run that we had. And so he kind of sat down, and we, we talked about esports as a business, um, which was extremely eye-opening for me. Because again, I had only been a player up to that point. And so from there I then actually wanted to be involved. Um like I, I knew that Ghost probably wasn't gonna do much in Rocky League. They they were kinda already talking about it and you could tell, um, there wasn't a whole lot of org support on because esports isn't as profitable as it used to be. And they're still working I mean, everyone's still dealing with that. That's just kinda how esports is right now. But um but with that it only opened the doors for me to then get involved from a managerial side and so the moment I got here at UGA and I took over the program before taking my first class, I think that for Todd really opened his eyes on my talents and that I wasn't just a player. Um, and so from there, we got into conversations. And then I have a mentor. His name's PK. Uh, he has been a, a massive part of of my career and mentoring me into becoming who I am. Um, and so he got involved in Ghost because he's been working on community initiatives for Ghost to get involved as, like, a, not just a comp org. Like, we want to build community. We want to build family. We want to create experiences for everybody, not just the top 0.1% of players that we sign or whatever or the content creators in the same way. So with that, that's how the Ghost Academy got created, which my mentor is the director of. And then from there, the Ghost Ambassador Program was something that me and my mentor have been working on for about a year uh, my entire senior year, we kind of been talking about like a future where we can get involved in our career path in professional uh, esports early on, kind of like a training program almost. Um, it has taken on a way different shape than that in a good way, which I'll get into. But uh, but then into that, then when we were talking about the very first ambassadors to come on the program and to to be the ones to kind of help shape it. Um, then I got to meet with Todd a lot more, and we started talking like we were really talking business, um which as an eighteen year old was kind of nuts um and then with that, then I was kind of one of the key parts of the program, and I kind of got to help shape it. That's why I'm now lead ambassador because I kinda just had to get my experience in, and now i'm I'm still doing the same thing. I'm just officially named now <laughs> um, right. but uh but I was a key part in making that program, and then it became. All right, let's let's start. Let's get all the leaders from all the colleges in Georgia. Like let let's bring in everybody and let's really make a hub for for developing the future of esports. Because Atlanta has slowly become a home for a lot of different events. Like Rainbow Six had a major here. Brawlhalla's World Championships were here. There is some very 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 light slash medium weight rumors that Rocket League may be trying to do something here. Um, I mean, it's slowly becoming a home for, for tournaments. And that's also just because of it's Atlanta. Um, but there's so many minds coming together now that we bring in the ambassador program um, that it's, it's become so much more than just career development. Now we actually are doing, like, we're working events. We're helping organize major events for kids, for um, middle school, high school, collegiate, um, even professional. Like, we're really running stuff now. And that's what the ambassador program has become now, um, is hey look like like you are in your spot here because you are a leader in your respective space, in your respective college, in your respective area of the state, but now we're actually going to get some work done, and now people are actually getting to make a name for themselves, and that is one of the most special parts about my job there, is that I get to help people do that. It's not it's it is ghost mentoring. But in terms of the action, it's the people themselves and all of us working together. Um, like I had, I think, uh, almost the entire ambassador program work with me on UGA's first gaming land since 2018. Um, it's, we call it dog hack. It's a little play on Dream DreamHack. Um, and the dog pound, so, I get it. Exa- yeah, exactly, right? I thought it was pretty cool. It's um, clever. funny so, <laughs> pu- pu- so, even. Yeah. Yeah, I did not come up with it. I, I can't take uh, credit for that. One of my members did, so I, I got to give him credit. But um, but I mean, that. so that was incredible. That was the first time the ambassador program actually did something in person, professionally together. And it went well. It went great. Um, we may have flipped our student center's breakers a few times. Um, that was an experience that I'm probably not supposed to say, but I don't care. I, we didn't do anything illegal. <laughs> but it was a really funny experience that brought everybody together. And now we have created a culture where we are, funny enough, cultivating um, leaders and the future of who's going to take over esports, and not just in Georgia. A few of our members have are working with like Gen G, MSI, because that's the other cool thing is that Ghost doesn't force you to sit here and only work with Ghost. That's not the point of the program. If you're a content creator, that's a different story. Which one of our ambassadors actually has become a signed content creator, which that's another really cool thing. Um,
0: are you talking about Hannah?
1: Yeah, it's about Hannah yeah. Um, she's incredible and she's also a UGA, so we work together a lot and we've been to a lot of events together. She's always been great. She was actually also a caster at at the Kentucky event, so that was really cool. She's been getting into casting recently and it's been going well for her as well. But um and funny but
0: that's you, a, funny you yeah. mention her. We're gonna be talking to her probably in the
1: next couple of weeks. Oh, you should have had us on together. I know <laughs> we I... could have we could have talked together oh, for cool. hours. Hey, yeah. maybe in the future, maybe in the future.
0: And yeah, well, we got we got a couple of weeks in between uh, RLCs events and the majors, so
1: Hey, let us always, know. Always We'd always love happy. to. Yeah, we can talk your ear off for sure. But um but to wrap up that point about the uh, the program. So yeah, so that's that's kind of what it became or became. Um was now it's a space for for creativity and the culture and ideas to thrive rather than hey, we're going to try and help you become this. Like hey, we're going to do that, but we're also going to make sure that you blow up for who you are and we're gonna help put you in the space to do that so it's a really cool program and i hope we end up growing to a point where this becomes like a national thing like what gen g does um or like a like a southeastern thing i mean you know i don't know where it's gonna go because we've only been doing this for it'll become a year in two weeks um so you know the program is still so young but it's come so far and that's because of the work that Todd and PK and me um have gotten to all do and it's been it's been really cool to see but yeah that's the brief well not really brief that's the overview
0: <laughs> okay well um with that um i i usually like to to kind of leave off with a couple of questions the first of which being um you said you said it yourself that your future in this game is not uh is not as a player Um, what are kind of your goals moving forward, either, you know, short-term or long-term, uh, for Rocket League, and where do you think it can, it can take you?
1: Yeah, well, um, as a coach, I'm helping at the high school level, and I don't think I'm, I mean, I could probably coach at an RLCS level, but I don't think I'm ready for that yet. I still have a lot in between. I also, instead of kind of moving up, I've added games to my roster, so now I coach Fortnite as well, um, and and I kinda like that being my more community role. So I think coaching wise, I think it'll stay probably around the collegiate high school level. If I get the opportunity to do professionally I'd love to. But I've only been doing that for a short amount of time with a very select group of kids and teams. So eh, we'll see how that goes. I think I think my biggest thing now going forward is casting. Um, because of how quick it's grown and because of everything I get to be involved in and now I'm getting to travel, like it's actually starting to become a real thing now for me. Um so casting wise, I think that me getting to do an RLCS team stream is solid. Um I've met Greybeard, I've talked with him, he's a great guy. I would love for there to be a world where I end up on an RLCS mainstream of some kind. Um I do believe that that will probably be in a minor region. I don't think that I'm gonna get the chance to break through in a, definitely not in Europe, and I don't think North I think North America's a little too packed for, for that to happen. Um, but in a a region like SSA or maybe even APAC, even though I'd have to wake up at ungodly hours to do it, um, I think that'd be cool. It'd be cool to kind of help steer the the ship there in those regions and kind of help them on their rise, similar to what I've done in every other program I've been in up to this point, funny enough. Um, So I think that's my biggest thing. Um, As a director... I hope that esports at UGA continues to grow, which it has, and people are starting to finally come around. I think when I do my TED talk in a month, I think it will uh, it will really open eyes, and I'm hoping the club will kind of like we've already exponentially like grown and doubled in the last like seven eight months, and it's been incredible to watch. But you know, there's always more we can do. There's more lives we can affect. There's more people we can help find those who maybe are too scared to reach out themselves. And I'm hoping that as people see it. They will, they will not be so worried about supporting it or sponsoring it or joining, and that goes for you know, I mean, business owners, kids, students. I mean, that goes for everybody at that point. Um, and in Ghost, with my multiple positions, I would hope that there's a future where I end up joining the management team. Or if things don't end up panning out at Ghost, maybe I'll end up at another org. Um, I'm not sure where I'm gonna, where I'm gonna go after college. I really don't know where I'm gonna go. I still have time to figure that out. I got, I got like two and a half years. But um but I would hope that it is an esports. I hope esports continues to grow and then I end up as um as a. am hoping that my salary job is in management and then I hope that my side job will be in casting, pretty much. But we'll see. Okay. Oh, good luck. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's it'll be it'll be an interesting thing. My backup is a pretty good backup. Like Atlanta's a hub for sports, so I think sports casting or sports management, I think no matter where I end up, I'll be in there. It's just a matter of if esports is sustainable enough for me to do it as a career. Yeah, I've heard it's pretty big right around there. Uh, I do have a question for you. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Do you coach any other games besides Fortnite and Rocket League? As of right now, no. I haven't had the the time or ability to really learn. Um, I would love to end up being, like, a Valorant or a Rainbow Six coach, like, something where it's, like, full teams, because Rocket League's, like, like, Rocket League's great and all, but now it's kind of second nature to me to where, like, I can help a champ become a GC fairly easily and I don't say that in like a bragging way like I've just been playing this game for way too long to where that's just kind (laughs) of how it is yeah um and in Fortnite I've been fortunate enough to kind of pick it up quick I've had a few kids reach Unreal from like Diamond so that's been really cool I mean I I don't know my experience in other games is all like kind of around the same like Madden 2k Rainbow Six Valorant it's all kind of around that like average level so maybe once I hang up the sticks as a player maybe I'll Kind of go more into that, but I don't know. It, it's weird. It it really depends on what happens in Fortnite and Rocket League, because who knows if I'll end up actually becoming like a professional or some professional coach there. So my next question for you would be, uh, which one do you prefer? But it sounds like you would prefer Fortnite right now, right? uh funny enough, I would definitely prefer Rocket League. <laughs> oh, <interesting. laughs> I okay. I know I know one hundred percent that I'm gonna love Rocket League, no matter if I'm playing it or not, like heavily, like heavily. Um, I have a few friends who have gotten salaried jobs as Rocket League coaches at colleges. I see myself in those shoes fairly easily. Um, I think with my resume, I think that's a very fitting job for me, and I would be willing to travel to to surrounding colleges. I can already think of a few whose directors have talked with me about hiring me when I graduate, and that's kind of crazy since I still have so much time. But um but I, I know I can do that. I know that no matter what the situation is, I can coach Rocket League. Fortnite, I'm still relatively new to, but I'm fairly good at it. Interesting. Cool.
0: But uh we do want to make sure that before I, I have one more question, but I'll save it I'll save it for the end. Um mm-hmm. we like to roll out the red carpet. Go ahead and plug yourself, tell people <laughs> where they can find your streams, where they can see your uh your your own RLCS caliber stream and uh and all of that stuff. And yeah, where we'll be
1: able to see your TED talk. Ooh. Yeah, so I'll start with that. So the TED Talk, if you look up TEDxUGA, that's TED and the letter X UGA, you'll see um, registration for it. Unfortunately, they charge for both the physical and virtual show, but I think tickets are like five bucks. Um, it'll be a pretty major event. I think we're expecting to reach like millions across the Southeast and across the world because it'll be live streamed across like everywhere. So that'll be really cool. If you are in the Athens or the Georgia area and you want to see it, then you also will be able to, to come to Athens and purchase tickets. Well, you'll be able to purchase them online. But then you'll be able to come to Athens and see it. Um, all that can be found at TEDxUGA.com. And then on Twitter and Twitch, my two main platforms, I am DJTJRL. That's six letters. I try to make it as easy as possible for people. Um, for esports UGA, you can literally just look up esports at UGA, and you will find our link tree um we are popular enough believe it or not <laughs> so so you'll find us pretty easily there and you can find me through there easily as well i always keep my dms open i love talking to people and helping out so you can always find me and my discord through the server um and then i mean yeah that's i don't really need to plug my instagram because it's a it's a weird username anyways but yeah
0: <laughs> hey fair but also, um, a question. all of your links, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure to put them in the episode description and so people can you know, follow those if, if, they, if they're so inclined. But uh, we always like to leave off our podcast with, uh, with, a, with a great question, and that is, uh, when is the best time to go boost over ball?
1: Oh, I should have known y'all were going to pull something like this since it's literally the name <laughs> of the dang podcast. The best time to go for boost over ball. Is there a right answer? it's any answer that you feel like we've gotten a lot of good ones oh man i hate that i'm on all three sides of it like player (laughs) caster coach i feel i feel so conflicted internally um boost over ball you know what i'm gonna go with my coaching perspective um i'm gonna say never okay i don't know if that's unpopular or not but i'm gonna say never it seems to be the popular answer <laughs> yeah, I mean, we... uh, that seems like the most sane answer i can go to sleep happy with that one yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. Y-
0: you could go to sleep knowing that you and apparently jack se- share the same mindset because his answer oh, hey, I'll, was i'll take it his answer was uh never that's the fundamental rule of rocket league
1: yeah i mean i mean i i feel like rule one's pretty fundamental but i'm not a professional <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah well
0: he's, he's european he's a little bit weird
1: oh yeah of course and then you get stacks that yeah, says never stacks too
0: yeah and Stax, who says all the time you need to have a hundred boost to be able to celebrate with the other team. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> but uh thank you so much for taking the time to uh to talk with us. I I've been looking forward to this interview for a while. So I'm I hope you had a good time. I hope, you know, our listeners, I'm sure they enjoyed uh hearing you talk about your career, your your goals, and your your journey to there. It's very interesting and we can't we can't thank you enough for making the time.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a blast the next few years of my career. Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of where I end up, but, uh, but no matter what, I mean, getting to do stuff like this is one of the coolest parts of my career, so I appreciate y'all having me on. Funny enough, I actually have another podcast that I just got booked for in like a week, so, so oh, I'm going to be talking about myself a lot here, so I appreciate y'all letting me yap for a little bit. Anytime. Thank you, thanks for being here. Yeah, yeah of course. And you're always welcome back. Hey, hey! If y'all, if me and Hana could talk about southeastern esports for hours, so if y'all wanna, y'all wanna do that, let me know. That's going It happen,
0: and we definitely should. Sure.
1: Also, I looked up the TED Talk. It's uh, yeah. the the Friday of Copenhagen. So is we it could, actually? We could, yeah, 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 we could uh, we're doing the uh meetup at we don't know where yet, but we could we could watch that too. Yeah, we definitely could. Hey, well, if y'all are yeah. in the uh, if y'all are in the Athens area, let me know or anywhere close. How <laughs>
0: cool. the real question is, if we wanted to host a watch party on Twitch for it, how quickly would we get taken down? <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, that that might be a speed run there. We're that not recording, a... right? <laughs>
1: I don't think I can legally answer that. Fair. <laughs> all, all I know is that there's a lot of money and professionals. Like this is supposed to be broadcasted like internationally. So. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, that'd be cool. That would be I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely going to be kind of the peak of my career so far. I I would hope that yeah. I keep going, but we'll see. It'll be awesome.
0: Fair. But in we'll, we'll be tuning in, I'm sure everybody else will as well, but you know, thank you again for for, sure. for taking the time to to talk with us.
1: Yeah, no, it's been an absolute pleasure, y'all.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you again, and we hope you guys have a fantastic day. With that, we will wrap up for today's episode. We would like to thank you so, so much for listening. Uh, We'd like to remind you to please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, join our Discord, rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. Those five stars really help us out, really helps us grow our show. Also, please check out our YouTube, our Twitch, our TikTok, and our merch store. All of these links and more can be found on our website at boostoverball.com. Remember also to check out DJ TJ's socials and his TED Talk that will be in the episode description below. And from us here on the show, as always, remember to choose Boost over Ball.
1: Thank you for listening to the Boost Over Ball podcast. Make sure to check out our website, www.boostoverball.com, and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts.